Hello and welcome guys to the first Project Boom podcast. I am Shiva Valbanani. I'm the marketing lead on the project and I'm also pretty active on the StaffCon sub team. I am going to be a senior in Purdue University next year focusing in dynamics and controls and propulsion and aerospace engineering. So I'm really excited to be on this project, really excited to be a part of this and see where it goes. Uh, Colin, how are you doing? Good. Um, hey, everybody. My name is Colin Watson. I'm the project lead for Project Boom. I'm a sophomore aerospace engineering student at the University of Oklahoma. Um, and I started this project with Cole about two months ago. So, Cole? Yep, good to be here. I'm Cole Revlogel. I just graduated from Oklahoma State University, where I got bachelor's degrees in mechanical engineering and aerospace engineering. So this fall, I'll be starting my PhD program um, in future propulsion and power at the University of Cambridge. And yes, I'm the chief engineer for the project. Most of my background is in, and future is in propulsion um, work, but I just really enjoy doing overall aircraft design. And Colin reached out to me a couple of months ago um, with a sort of uh, concept and we've been rolling ever since. All right, now that we got this introduction out of the way, I just wanna ask, how are you guys doing? Uh, we just got out of the Leeds meeting, so I guess we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but how are you guys doing? Good, good. The Leeds meetings always go way longer than uh, I always expect them. I planned for 30 minutes and it's like an hour and a half later and we're uh, still talking. Yep, yep. Yeah. Cole just never stops, bro. He's just- <laughs> I know. Tearing everybody up. Rambling, man. <laughs> yeah, last, yesterday we had a, a meeting. I was like, yeah, it's going to be like 30 minutes. You know, we'll be chilling. And I think it went like an hour and a half. I know. Shiva, I think me and you were on the phone last night or the other night talking about this, like a solid hour and a half. So that, uh, it just, when I start talking about the project, I can't stop. Yeah, I'm very much the same way. And I can go on forever and forever, but before we get into it, let me just get into the intro. Welcome to Product Boom. As a student-led initiative attempting a task that has never been accomplished, it is important that we tell the story of this incredible project from the start. This is our brand story, a group of highly motivated kids from all over the world facing more than one barrier. Cost, experience, time zones, expectations, these are all the barriers that will be broken. The sound barrier is just the destination, and this is the journey. All right, so this is the first episode talking about Project Boom. So I wanna dive into how everything started. I came on this project uh, a little bit more than a week ago, so I'm kind of new here. I'm, I'm in your shoes and I'm learning from all these amazing team leads that we have. And it's really, really cool to see all the work that has been done so far. But I just wanna ask, Cole uh, Khan, what inspired you to start this? Uh, where were you or what were you doing? Like, where did this whole thing come from? Um, I'll start and then I'll let Cole give his inspiration for joining this crazy journey. So I think it's been about two months now since me and Cole's first conversation, maybe even a little longer. Um, I was, it was the beginning of the summer um, and when COVID hit and everything, I was just trying to figure out something to do that would be pretty useful with my time. Um, I didn't get an internship. I applied for a lot, but I didn't get any. But I knew I did not want to just um, spend my summer doing nothing um, because of that. So I was thinking of things I could do. I was looking at starting a possible club at my university, um, Engineers Without Borders. Specifically, I looked into that a lot. And then I was just searching around on the internet for things to do. And I stumbled across 
operations space, which is, it was a student-led project that took place about a year ago. Very similar to how we're doing our project. It was a group of students that came together from all over the country to design and build a rocket to try and do a Carmen shot and break the Carmen line. It took them exactly a year. They had a Vice video that I found on the internet made about them in a Wall Street Journal journal article that I read. Seemed super cool. So I sent a cold email to the lead of that. His name's Josh Barazad. He emailed me back like 10 minutes later and we just started talking about things to do. I told him my idea kind of about supersonic plane or actually one of our initial ideas for the project was to build an, a solar powered electric plane to fly across the Atlantic Ocean just to come up. We're just like thinking of hard engineering challenges um, and we decided on supersonic plane because you know, supersonic planes are really cool. So that's where we started. And then almost immediately after that conversation with Josh, after he showed his interest and excitement about our project, I reached out to Cole because Cole's been a longtime friend of my family. He's been good friends with my older brother since like elementary school. They played little league football and stuff together. So, and I knew about Cole at OSU as we're going to the same degree. So I'd talk to him a little bit before I went into college, getting advice from him. So Cole, if you want to kind of give your thoughts whenever I reached out to you and asked if you wanted to build a supersonic drone out of nowhere. Yeah, I was pretty much on board even with the like fully electric aircraft, even at the, you know, that stage of it. Um, like Colin said, he kind of reached out to me about, he knew how I was involved with Engineers Without Borders at OSU and started an organization that sort of did a bunch of little projects at OSU. Colin sort of knew about those and was, like you said, interested in doing something like that. But then, yeah, I think once he found Josh and Operation Space, that really provided us a great template to sort of follow. And, you know, he pitched it to me and like, hey, does this seem possible? It seemed the perfect amount of possible, basically, where like we should be able to do it. But, you know, that's what makes it fun. And, I, you know, I told him straight up, about like, you know, we're not, I don't know if engine um, will be able to get us to go that fast, but kind of went full send from there. Um, we did some work kind of by ourselves looking into sort of engines and stuff like that to work with, built up a small team of people that I kind of knew from OSU had also just graduated. How many people did you guys actually start with? Well, we um, had it grew pretty fast. There was never really like a steady state small group. I think there was, it was me, Colin, and then probably about four or five of my friends from OSU um, that I'd worked with. Most of them were from my capstone team and just kind of went from there. And then, yeah, it exploded pretty quickly as far as um, people from other schools. And yeah, and we're not done growing yet. So we'll, we'll see where we end up. Yeah, I remember our first meeting. Um, I think there were six of us in it. It was me, you, Man, Jonathan, and then maybe a I don't know who the other two might have been, maybe Skyler or someone. And um, Jonathan was on his boat in the middle of the lake and he answered it. And he was literally just like, yeah, sorry, I was on the lake, but sounds cool. So I want to listen in. Um, and Jonathan's now our aerodynamics lead for the project. Um, he's a graduate with Cole at Oklahoma State. But yeah, I remember there being six people in the call. I was like, wow, this is cool. Like, we have six people interested <laughs> about this project. Um, and now I think I was looking at the Slack and we have 149 members. Um, in our Slack channel. So that's kind of crazy. At pretty much every meeting we've had um, with the whole group, we've had at least 50 members actively listening in the meetings. Um, so yeah, it's kind of crazy how fast it's taken off. I remember I told Cole about it and I'm so glad I reached out to Cole because I immediately like knew like I was over my head. Being like a sophomore, 
not having like any experience in aircraft design yet. So I told Cole about it and I told him about it and I expected him to just like think it over and stuff and then like get back to me about what he thought. And then he came back to me with like a full analysis on like what he thought was possible with actual like graphs and calculations. And I was, uh, that was exciting to see for me. Cole, I don't know if you have anything to say about that. Yeah, for sure. Like we, I basically know just enough to be dangerous. And so like, you know, he gave me this little seed and, you know, we're still obviously not all the way there, but knew just enough to kind of, I think that's a major theme of all of this is you don't have to know how to do something. You just know, have to know that you can go somewhere on the internet or whatever and find out how to do it. And, you know, it's like even taking classes over stuff, like you don't remember most of the things or whatever, but just having that idea in your head of like, knowing there's a path to go down really makes all the difference in the world. So yeah, when Colin came up to me, I kind of knew sort of the pieces that had to kind of come together. And like you mentioned in the intro, a lot of barriers that are still yet to be overcome, but that's what makes it interesting. It's not cool to build a plane that goes hundred miles per hour because, you know, anybody with a couple thousand dollars and the time to put one together can go buy it and put it together. This has just enough obstacles to where it's in the realm of possibility. Also like, a pain to do, um, which is a good experience for everybody, I think. Yeah, I remember coming to the project, I was genuinely interested, but to see the pictures in the Slack from like a month ago where you're doing like initial, initial like thrust calculations and things like that, I was like, okay, like this is like, this is legit. And I know for from experience, no matter how many times you go and you learn stuff in school in your classes it's so easy to do things you know given a problem or given like oh you have this much weight and your lift is this much find the amount of drag and thrust like that stuff is easy but like to take something with an idea and from scratch and saying what do i need to do like there's not a set problem given to you it's not an exam um and that's something that i was just like Wow. Like I was impressed seeing all that come together because, you know, it's so easy to, I guess, jump into the middle of a project or, you know, take or learn things from classes, but to really start something from nothing is I think one of the hardest things in this world, more than just on an engineering standpoint, but to even get this project started up and to get the amount of people on there. And that's kind of what I saw coming in. So I want to ask, what were the biggest uphill battles you had to climb just to get as far as we are now? I think the first one for me, immediately I just started reaching out to people about, and telling them about the project. And this is when we were really small. It's like 12 people, right? But we had a big idea and we wanted to do it. So I was going to um, like hobby um, aircraft is a huge just like community. Like even in the town where I live, we have small RC airports and stuff. So I was... I went out to the airports and I was talking to some of the guys that flew jets and stuff out there, was telling them about the project. Um, some people were like, cool. I mean, I also literally had people like laugh in my face and tell me that um, like it's impossible. We'll never get above 300 miles an hour. And that it's kind of a waste of time. I think that's pretty hard, especially like in the infancy of a project to have that much faith in yourself and in the team and the project is really hard. And I think that's what stops a lot of people. But I also had a conversation with a guy, he's a lawyer and he works, he's uh, in the army, I believe, or the Marines. And we were talking about the project. I was talking about him, he flies aircraft. And, and he said, reach out to, he, the advice he gave me was reach out to those people that doubted you the most. He goes, because usually their doubts 
have like basis behind it. They're not just hating. So he said, use those people like to your advantage. Don't let them discourage you, figure out why they think you're going to fail and then make sure it doesn't fail for that reason. So we definitely did that. We reached out to those people and wanted to know exactly why um, they thought we were going to fail. So I think that was one of the biggest for me, just being honestly not that confident in myself is being like young and starting this project having a dull tell you that you're wasting your time. Um, it's kind of hard. So I think that was my biggest barrier along with just because I was willing to put in the time. I had nothing better to do than summer. So yeah, Cole, you have anything to speak, especially on the engineering side? Yeah, I think pretty much the exact same point that you brought up. I think, I, again, it's just, it is a confidence thing at going from step to step. And there's almost like a false confidence that really kind of helps you out. It, I guess tenacity, I guess, is the better term for it. And like I said earlier, like just knowing that there is a path to take and, you know, I obviously don't know everything. And my goal for this, it's quickly coming true is I want to be like the least knowledgeable, dumbest person in every single meeting. And then, you know, they inform me about all this stuff and it becomes like this great personal education thing for me. And that's really sort of happened. Like it's almost been like an AI like the Slack channel as far as like all the communication and learning that's going on. It's kind of off the rails. But yeah, going into it from scratch, obviously money is a barrier to everything. We got some of that just enough to sort of get started. Um, so that was immense. And then yeah, all the little engineering challenges and the regulation challenges as well. It, there's so many things that are sort of out of your control as an engineer that I was worried about. So money, of course, is one of those. Um, and the other is like, who's going to let us fly this like ballistic missile, which, you know, Colin did a great job of reaching out to people. And people have been surprisingly receptive and supportive as far as like the official people that it matters if we have their support or not. So yeah, we just kind of kept going and pushing, recognizing hurdles um, that are going to come along. And we've gotten over, you know, some of those, the team. Um, that That's another thing that's sort of outside the engineering realm is, you know, you have all these people or you need all these people to create this aircraft. We don't have money to pay them. It's not a class that they're required to do it. And being at school, um, you know, I've been involved with a lot of organizations and stuff like that and member retention and stuff like that are always such huge issues is just how do you get people engaged and keep them engaged. And that's become such a complete non-issue for this project, which has been amazing and helpful. Um, I think the pandemic situation um, has been helpful to us in that sense and that there are a lot of people in Colin's situation, like, you know, they don't want to waste the summer. This project is exciting for them. They want to learn. So opening it up and not having to just rely on the people at your school, that's been a great method. And I think hopefully more people are going to realize that as a method of operating, which, you know, we, again, we took sort of the template from operation space, which whenever they were going into it, they view that as sort of a barrier, which is in a sense as well of like, navigating, communicating with all these people in different time zones and stuff like that. But in reality, it's probably our greatest strength is to not be tied to, to anything in particular, any school or whatever. There's just so many more resources for us to take advantage of. Um, so those are kind of my base things from that, the get-go. All the engineering stuff is like, yeah, whatever, this will be hard. But uh, getting the encouragement from the other non-engineering aspects um, was huge um, and has sustained us to this point. And now we yeah. sort of have the critical mass of all these super smart people that the engineering stuff is, you know, we can, we can probably do it. If not, that's, that's probably the other the, uh, really important thing to me with this is there really is no failure um, because we, you know, we're putting time into this. So that's, that's only like opportunity cost, I guess, is our time. But 
everything we work on is beneficial to us as far as what we're learning, the people we're meeting, everything. So every step of the process adds value to everybody involved. So whether we build an airplane, that's a great success, but we don't, it's not an outright failure if we don't do that. Where the airplane breaks the speed record, that's not an outright failure. Whether it breaks the sound, right, the sound barrier, like they're all just uh, continued successes in my eyes. Um, everything is positive, which is a kind of a good thing with this sort of volunteer-based, decentralized thing. Is there's nothing holding our feet to the fire except for ourselves and the want to do it. Um, so that's been great as well. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say, Cole, about sorry shiva but <laughs> no i was just gonna say comment on that real quick that's exactly what i was gonna say it was like me and cole had um pretty like in-depth conversation about that exact thing i think that's what gave us our confidence like you said it's because we knew and we talked about it and i think that's a really unique thing about student organizations and any students listening to this and thinking about starting their own thing if this failed tomorrow um, I would never be embarrassed to tell a recruiter about it because the recruiters never be like, oh, you tried, but you failed. They're gonna be like, oh, well, at least you tried because a lot of people don't try. And that's for anybody that joins the project to like, at least they join the project, right? It's always a good thing. It's not, they're not going to look at you be, and be upset because you failed and then like take that as a tick off your resume. It's going to be a, always going to be a positive to your resume. So going forward, like with everything we did, we were just never scared um, that like we're wasting our time because we knew and we were very confident that no matter what happens, and we always said like, even if this ends like right now, we've learned a lot from it on the personal level. And then we'd still be proud enough to put it like on a resume and be like that question that's almost on every intern application. It's like, what did you do to further your education on your own? Like here it is. Everybody on this project, all 149 kids have done something to further their education on their own now. And that's huge. Yeah. And I think from makes this project special in a way because I think the parts where we're succeeding really is in this process and in this journey rather than the end result as much. The end result, I'm going to like, there's no way. I mean, it's going to happen. We're going to see that plane break the sound barrier. We're going to hear that sonic boom when it happens. But the most rewarding part, I guess, is this journey to get up there. And I think touching on what both of you guys are saying, the real motto is... I know a lot of people say fake it till you make it, but um, I think the real motto is believe it till you achieve it. And that's what we're doing here. Every step is something that we're taking to get to that next level and get to that next level rather than saying, okay, let's do this insanely hard thing that's never been done before. We're saying, all right, what does the basic design of this thing look like? And then what does this part look like? What does this part look like? And I know by by the time we get to a year from now, it's going to be like, you know, that wasn't too, that hard at all. And I think coming onto this and definitely touching on the whole learning aspect of it, just being able to sit in some of these meetings and see the presentations that are happening and seeing people, you know, whether they are uh, in high school or whether they are in their third year college and seeing the contributions that they're able to make is really inspiring to me because I'm coming from a position where COVID happened. I was unable to get an internship and I'm going to my senior year. Like I, I really wanted to do something that mattered and do something that used all the things that I'm, you know, quote unquote learning from school. Right. Cause I really feel like no matter how much you learn in engineering school, right. You're not an engineer until you actually engineer something. And that's what this project is. And I also wanted to correct Cole on one, one, very important fact. I am actually the dumbest person in the room. I'm the one <laughs> learning all this stuff from you, you guys the whole time. At least that's how I feel. But it's really cool to 
to be able to take that all in and hear all the different stories and all the different things that people are doing in their free time. It's cool to see how all this is coming together, but how every single person on the team so far and the pace we're going, like you can see the actual amount of effort and the actual amount of learning that's being done. In my case, for example, I am majoring in dynamics and controls in aerospace engineering. That's at least my focus. Those are the classes I'll be taking. But, you know, I haven't learned aircraft stability yet. I haven't learned aircraft controls yet. But me, you know, as a personal experience, sitting down, opening up a textbook or looking up research papers online and just doing that and taking notes uh, at a very minimum level is something that this project's already done for me. And to see other people, you know, create things and the CAD models, man, dude, the CAD models for the planes that are already there are just amazing. We can see how this plane might look like already through augmented reality, even though all of us are, you know, across the, the country and across the world. And I think that's something that's really inspiring. Yeah, I think, so yeah, one thing from the beginning, we talked about like how we have high schoolers and stuff in the project. Well, I give one or quick statistic that I saw today about the project. Um, about, it was like two weeks ago, uh, I got a notification because we're using the free version of Slack right now. And I got a notification saying we had like 2,300 messages of our 10,000 free archived messages. Um, and then I got another message notification today that said we're nearing our 10,000 message limit in the archive. So in the last two weeks, we've sent like seven or 8,000 messages across the Slack and all of our different channels and stuff. Um, so talking about like people communicating and learning, that's really cool. That just shows how hardworking I think all the team members are. Um, and like you said, they're all volunteers. They're all just people excited about this. And like, they're all different. Like we have PhD students, like Cole's going to get his PhD right now. A lot of our leads are, um, and we have high scores as well, like juniors in high school. And there has been a huge contribution to the team. They've been some of the most active people, people on the team as well. Um, and made some amazing CAD models, contributed conversations in great ways because they're willing to learn. From the beginning, Cole said to me, he said, none of us know how to build a supersonic plane. But that's why we're doing this, because if we all knew how to build it, like we wouldn't be doing this project right now. There would be no point in it. It's to learn something new, do something challenging. And we're all just willing to learn. And that's why we didn't put a stipulation or like look through resumes and say like, okay, you have to have like this many qualifications, right? Because we knew that if people were passionate about it and they joined the project, they can contribute. And we were going to initially like come up with like a high schooler like game plan. Um, and figure out how our high schoolers could participate in the project because we were worried about them not being able to participate. But it ended up like we didn't even have to because they were just active in all of our like main chat, um, having conversations about aerodynamic design or 3D rendering and stuff like that. So that's been super interesting to me and super inspiring to see these high schoolers and just young students just like taking advantage of the situation and getting excited about it. Yeah, one yeah. thing I want to hit on real quick is, you know, we're talking about the project and how it was created and all this. Um, but I think what people might really want to hear is what have we designed so far? You know, um, it's been what a month or two uh, since everything really, really got started, maybe a week and a half or two weeks since things have really ramped up. So uh, let's talk about a little bit about what you've designed and where we're heading with this. Yeah, I can sort of take you through, because it's been so fast, I remember the entire process up to this point, which is crazy as far as how fast we've gotten to where we're at. So very first thing we started at was looking at engines. We knew this was an engine project, basically. There is not a commercially available engine that takes us beyond the sound barrier at this scale. It, it just doesn't exist. Like, it, it's 
almost a physical impossibility just from the scale of the engines. So we said, uh, okay, whatever. Um, so I did those like original calculations and it was like need about a 90% increase in thrust for the best engine on the market. And I was like, uh, I, I guess that's maybe possible. So we picked the best thrust to weight engine that we found on the market um, and said, okay, we'll design around this. We'll design airplane around this and we'll do whatever we can to make this go as fast as possible. Whether that's an afterburner, just changing the nozzle, throwing a bunch of extra fuel into it, whatever. Real question, um, what's an afterburner? Yeah, so um, it's uh, in your engine, you have the, the intake, the air will go um, then through the compressor, then through the combustor. So that's when it pours all the fuel in, adds all this extra energy. Some of that energy is extracted through the turbine, which that energy is used to drive the compressor to get you your high pressure air. But then once it leaves the turbine, we have a turbojet engine. So the whole point is you have this flow this air that has energy in it from the combustion process and you want to get it as fast as possible it has all this energy that you just want to convert to kinetic energy basically an afterburner says wait hold up throw more fuel into it and do some more combustion um, because you can only get the the flow so hot because of the turbine because it has to go through there so it will melt or whatever after a certain point the afterburner doesn't have any mechanical parts that it has to go through so you can get it as hot as possible um, which basically maximizes the amount of kinetic energy you can get out of it. Um, that yeah, begs the question, why didn't... Uh, in layman's terms, airplane go burr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <All> right. <laughs> so like you would do that all the time, except it increases your fuel consumption like a ridiculous amount. So you don't want to do it for most cases, except to go super fast, which is all we're trying to do. So once we had this sort of general engine plan that engine was kind of too expensive like $4,200 so we found the cheapest engine that we could use to experiment with so we bought a KingTech K70 threw it on a test stand tested it got it running up and that's kind of what we used to pull more people in said hey we actually have an engine running you know we're legit or whatever um, and so from there it really went up to the rest of the aircraft design so we knew how heavy the engine is going to be about what thrust it's going to be and so for our speed target we have basically an allowable drag that we're able to have. Um, so the aerodynamics team got started on that. Um, the avionics team um, said, okay, we have this thing going Mach 1 potentially at 15,000 feet. You're not going to be able to control it by hand really. So figuring out how to control this thing safely, all the sensors that go into that. So they've done a lot of research as far as picking hardware and then as far as what the general sort of software scheme is going to be. One sec. So for those listening at home, so the avionics team really surrounds, you know, the sensors, the wiring, everything that all the electronics that you need to control the plane. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Cole, um, but that's essentially what the avionics team deals with. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a, a portmanteau of aviation and electronics to use a $5 word. But um, so those are kind of um, some major areas um, so we have the available thrust that we think we may be able to get that feeds into the aerodynamic design. Say, Hey, we need to make this as streamlined as possible. And so that's sort of where we're at right now. So last week we had, uh, or two weeks ago, we put out bids to say, Hey, design the fastest plane you can from an aerodynamics point of view. Here's some sort of parameters to work with. And so yeah, and then this past week we got all those back in the form of CAD files um, and sort of, presentations regarding all the specifications and stuff. Some of those were really great. Some of those were good. And so we kind of took those 
And so that's where we're at right now is we have all this brain power that went into these aircraft design that you can see at maybe some of our various social media. Yeah, outwards. actually, um, speaking on that, we'll put in the in the podcast notes, but it, if you go down there, click the link. Uh, we have actually an AR viewer of our current design for the plane. So if you're interested, you can see that, I think in real size, I think um, we have two of our team members and I think they, pro uh, they programmed that so you can see like what the approximate size of the plane will be as well. So that's really cool. Yeah, someone in the chat posted their cat like sitting on it yesterday because it looked like <laughs> when they had it on the ground, it was pretty funny. Yeah, it could carry about like five or six cats probably to kind of <laughs> yeah. put it in perspective. Just to give you right an now. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible the, the pace we've moved at in just two weeks from, you know, giving these people sort of general idea to, you know, having it, like you said, a CAD file where you can set your cat on top of it and like uh, an AR space is um, pretty in insane. We threw the along the way became less confident in being able to break the sound barrier with just an engine. Um, we're still going to try it, but we said we kind of, there's two, two places to go either have like a boohoo party, like, okay, I guess we'll just fly at Mach 0.8 or whatever. <laughs> or um, what we are doing is, you know, we named ourselves project boom. So we kind of put ourselves in the corner. We have to break the sound barrier. So we'll just throw rockets on it until it, you know, breaks the sound barrier. And that's, you know, still cool and adds a whole nother set of challenges associated with integrating rockets um, onto an airplane. Yeah, igniting yeah, a model. Colin can speak to this a little bit, um, but we, I mean, me and Colin and everyone else, we're going back and forth in the meeting today talking about, all right, like, what do we even have, what, what kind of problems do we even face going with rockets, you know? Yeah, it's funny to hear everybody's ideas because right now it's, we're either going to have like 12 rockets on it or we're going to have one, <laughs> not necessarily 12, but uh, we're kind of having the argument of should we have more redundancy with more complexity or just like as simple as possible. And plus there's some integration issues, which is having one motor along the center axis of the plane. Um, but yeah, that's been an interesting problem, but just to kind of specify the mission of the project. So our goal, I guess our worst case scenario mission is we become the fastest air breathing um, RC jet aircraft. So by pushing past, I think the current re world record like Mach 0.6 somewhere in that area. We want to push all the way up in the close to Mach 0.9, like up in the transonic regime, which is what that's called. And then hopefully break through with an air breathing engine. Um, but if we can't, like we said, that's why we're going to have rockets and just light those babies up and <laughs> see what happens. Cross our fingers and uh, hope yeah, that. Yeah, this was like SpaceX, right? We'll probably blow up once or twice and then we'll get it working, you know? I don't know. I, ho I hope not. But I think we're everything we can not to blow up. But uh, if we do it, I guess Project Boom will have a whole nother meeting to its name. Uh, we'll make sure to get it, we'll make sure to get it on video. The avionics team has been obsessed with doing a self-destruct sequence. For the <laughs> uh, It'll be like all of like the the evil villains in a movie, you know, the program the self the big red self-destruct button. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're saying it's for safety. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but we'll uh, we'll see. Um, but that's been a cool thing, I think something we can mention kind of is um, the integration between regulation and um, engineering. Um, Cause that's been a huge part of the project that I think in most other projects you wouldn't have to deal with. Like we've been in contact with the FAA and we have some two officers actively working on the project. We're helping us with the project. And part of the project is, is we have to make sure we can control this aircraft in every scenario. And if we do lose control, what's going to happen to it. So that's self. Yeah, does it like get designated as like, a, well, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are we, 
technically not allowed to have anything that has like navigation and control on it because of like being considered a missile or something? I think we should be fine. We fall under what's called part 107 of the FAA regulations, which is an aircraft under 55 pounds. Uh, but within that, they say you can't fly over 200 miles an hour or over 400 feet above the ground, which our current operating mission is what, like 15,000 feet and 765 miles an hour. Um, so uh, we have to get some waivers uh, for that. But that's why we're in contact with the FAA. And I'm really glad we started that conversation pretty early with them. Um, because uh, it's a, definitely going to be a difficult thing because pretty much our engineering team has to prove to the FAA that we can do this in a very safe manner. And on top of that is finding a safe location to test this, um, which well, we're either looking at like the Oklahoma Air and Space Port, which is a private airport with like a 13,000 foot runway in Oklahoma. Also like White Sands Missile Range, getting access to something like that or something like Spaceport America. That's going to be a huge part of the project is figuring out where we can test this safely because last thing we want to do is get somebody hurt. But I think under no scenario, we are, we're not even going to be close to hurting someone. I think honestly, in my opinion, I think we should do it in like Hawaii over water. So then uh, we all could just travel to Hawaii. And see <laughs> yeah. I don't know, a good vacation. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with Oklahoma? Yeah. Yeah. What are you, what are you t saying about Oklahoma? It's not uh, a good... Yeah, yeah Oklahoma, flat land, middle of the country. Oklahoma has more shoreline than the east and west coasts combined. Yeah. According is... to the, the travel, uh, travel OK commercials. Yep. It's our lakes. We, uh, we got the biggest lakes not really but um yeah oklahoma is the hawaii of the central north america is what i hear all right we should put that on the we'll have like we'll, we'll have a sticker so you know the whole the hawaii of of central america <laughs> we'll, get that, we'll get that out on the on the product boom store if you want yeah yeah that'll be a, <laughs> that'll be a t-shirt i don't even remember what we were talking about before uh yeah um, oklahoma being hawaii it's really cool uh, that we got to hear a little bit about how this whole thing started. I guess once we have, you know, like your biographies go out in like 10 years, uh, <laughs> we'll look back at this and be like, ah, so he was, he didn't get the internship that summer. So we decided <laughs> to um, on his own. Um, and then I think it's really cool that we can be able to tell people like, hey, like we have an aircraft design already and we're working on it. Because I think a lot of times it's really hard to, to even get to this step, but we've done it in such a fast amount of time that we have something tangible. Um, and if you guys do check out the AR demo, um, part of the reason why we wanted to do that was because, you know, out of the 140 kids who are on this, 150 people who are on this project, a lot of us are just not going to be able to see this thing in person, right? Um, so having the chance to see what this would look like uh, through AR is something I think is really cool. So if you do get a chance, check that out, tweet at us or, or, co or contact us, let us know what you think about it. Um, Cause we would love to hear what you, your thoughts. I think, you know, we, if there's anything you guys want to talk about, we can do that now, but uh, I'm ready to wrap it up. Um, I have a couple, I want to talk about kind of a, like there is the engineering side of it and the motivation behind that. But now that we've started the project and kind of seen it taken off, and see how possible something like this actually is. Um, I think one of the reasons like we want to do this huge marketing campaign and these podcasts and stuff is to show other students across the world that they can do this too. There's really no reason. Like we talked about like um, we got that K70, we purchased that, but that wasn't like 
$1,600 that me and Cole had laying around to purchase that. We reached out to people and we're, we were lucky to find someone that was willing to pay for it. But the power of a cold email, seriously, um, you have a cool idea. Um, there's a lot of people in the world that are willing to support it. So don't ever be afraid. There's nothing extraordinary about myself. I won't speak for Cole or Shiva, but there's nothing special about me doing this project. Um, there's no reason anybody else shouldn't be doing this right now because it's a lot of fun, a little bit painful, but it's all for greater good in the end, right? Yeah, I'll say at least the time that I've been on this project, the amount of times I've just been like up late researching or writing documentation or whatever, it's been like, like, you know, I was, you know, before this, I was like, you know, I'm just going to watch a movie every night and chill out for the summer. And now I'm like researching like where the neutral point on a plane is and how, how to avoid putting your center of gravity there. But I definitely think it is important that we're doing this podcast and everything. And I know a lot of teams and people would be afraid to be like, okay, this is the design we're moving on with, or this is the specific engine, you know, like to keep this like a secret or something. But I think the most powerful part of this experience is our ability to document everything we do and show other students and even give them the resources to follow in those footsteps and, you know, know that it is entirely possible and not leave anything in obscurity. Like if somebody looks at what we do, they'll be able to tell the steps that we made through it in specific things, like in specific things as in, what is the lift that we were able to achieve? Or here's how to do the thrust calculation, or even why did we choose this airfoil, right? So these are all the things that I think we wanna be able to give back to the world um, because we're learning at the same time. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, and the fact that like, people are probably pretty uh, confused on how we got 149 kids from, I think we're at, like, I don't even know, I lost count. It's over 15 countries, over 70 universities. And literally that was just, the power of Reddit. <laughs> um, after we got into this and we'd done a decent amount of work and we were like, uh, we were confident in like what we had to show. Um, I went and posted a Reddit post, which is this kind of funny story. I think we had like 20 something members at this point from all kind of all around the country. And we posted on Reddit and I went down. I remember I posted it and I went down to eat dinner with my family. And by the time dinner was over, like halfway through, I had like six emails already with people like, hey, I'm interested in the project. And I was like, wow, that's cool. And then a little bit later, I had like 12 and I sent Cole a message. I was like, dang, I already have, I said, Cole, we already have 12 emails, like of people interested in the project. And he goes, he goes, that's awesome. He goes, I bet we'll have maybe like double that by the morning. I woke up in the morning. I think I had over 70 emails and then that extended all the way into like over 120 emails by the end of the day. So I spent like three days just replying to everybody's emails. So sorry if any of you guys received those emails and they <laughs> seem kind of, they seem kind of generic. I was just. I was pretty dead, but that was super exciting. And that was a huge um, point in our project. It's how a lot of our members have come on the project. We just posted on Reddit. They liked it. They thought it was cool. And they showed some faith in reaching out to us and trying to join. So thanks you to everybody that did that and everybody on the project right now. But that's the whole thing is like, don't be scared to put yourself out there and put what you're working on out there because people like will get excited about it most like 99% of the time. Yeah, it's, it's like, I think the engineering culture is you just talk crap about stuff that you're not working on. So that, that is the fear with putting stuff out is like, everybody either joins us or they sit there and they talk about, you know, all the, the dumb reasons why this won't work or whatever. And that's probably going to be the same thing with these podcasts. If anybody hears them is, you know, every single thing will be nitpicked and well, actually, um, <laughs> but again, yeah, you just, you know, I do the same thing. So 
if you're if you're that person just send us an email and join the project and like colin kind of mentioned earlier tell us you know what you think is wrong we're not cocky or anything like that um we want to hear it so maybe a little <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're uh yeah for sure anybody listening to this and you want to join the um, project email colin c-o-l-i-n at theprojectboom.org and uh we'll get in contact and get you involved we're just looking for people that um want to learn and um are passionate about the same things we are um and so we can all work together it's been really cool to build relationships with people all around the world uh, yeah, like i met do- you like what uh i've met both of you guys like what like a week ago now <laughs> yeah 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 we might act like we know each other but yeah we've literally just met about a week ago um and then we have people from like shout out garov and max from the uk they've been a part of the project for a while now um they're both great people from the uk um, we have people from India, I think like Thailand, the Philippines, um, Saudi Arabia, Mexico. So that's really cool. It's awesome to meet everybody from different um, cultures and backgrounds because everybody has a new perspective that's super useful whenever you put them all together. Yeah, no, definitely. And seeing my LinkedIn feed just like, or my LinkedIn connections just grow exponentially has been really weird. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, there's so many... I think the cool thing is for at least I've met you guys both, I guess like a week ago now or something like that, but it feels like it's been months or, you know, at least a month Um, in my head. It's just like, wow, like this is crazy. Um, Yeah. It's, it's exciting. I think that's a great word for it. It's just exciting and crazy because it's never really been done before on this scale. Um, But we're all doing everything we can to make it happen. So big shout out to everybody on the team right now because they're kicking butt and are the reason that this is possible. All right. Well, that's a little bit about project boom. We touched on a little bit about how this whole thing got started, how everything snowballed together. Um, even, uh, some of the initial designs and our initial obstacle space in the engineering design process. And I think it's really cool that we were able to start this whole podcast and, and loop you guys into the conversation. I want to make it clear, this is very much a conversation between between us, between the leads, between the team members, and between everyone who is invested in this project. Because, you know, this is just the beginning, and I'm really excited to see how far we go. Um, I've been Shiva Valbanani. If you want to find me on the internet, um, you can look up my Instagram at S-H-I-V-A-L-L-A-B-H-A-N-E-N-I. Um, Find me on Twitter or LinkedIn, LinkedIn, connect with me. I don't mind. Um, Colin, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Colin Watson, C O L I N for Colin and then Watson, um, Instagram, uh, Colin underscore Watson. Yeah. Feel free to reach out to me, connect with me. Um, and like I said, if you have any questions about the project or if you want to join, um, feel free to email me at Colin at the project boom.org. That's where I do most of my emails for um, the project. So I'll most likely see it there. Um, we're always looking for new people. Yep, Cole, Cole. Where can we find you. Yeah, don't follow me on Instagram because that's where I post like all my karaoke videos and stuff. But um, <laughs> if you just, I think I'm like the only Cole Rep Global um, on Earth. So if you pull me up on LinkedIn, um, R E P L O G L E, you'll you should be able to find me, or you can email me at Cole at theprojectboom.org. Um, and get in touch with me that way as well. Everybody go and Google Cole Replogle, a cowboy for sure. And uh, 
Cowboy without question. Cowboy without question. I'm sorry. It's a great video. If you want to meet Cole, not to put you out there, Cole, but it's a great video. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that kind of wraps, up, wraps it up for us. Um, please follow LinkedIn page, follow this podcast. Um, keep up with us because we're moving at a fast pace and we want to make sure you're linked in. This is the first podcast we've ever done for Project Boom. So bear with us with all the technical difficulties and the production issues. Um, just know we're just getting started um, and we would love to have you along with the journey. Um, this is Shiva signing off. Cole, Colin, if you guys have any final words, now's the time. Go Pokes. <laughs> Don't listen to him. Um, and turn and burn turn and burn project boom so uh thanks everybody for listening and um excited to keep doing this and sharing our journey with you guys